Jeremiah Fears, consensus four-star, uh, one of the top prospects of the 2025 class, has decided to commit to our beloved, the Orange and Blue Fighting Illini. I'm here to talk about that. I'm going to be bringing on special guest. Let me bring him on right now, Brian Bins from Armchair Illini. Uh, Brian, please, if you don't mind, tell the folks a little bit about you. Yeah, so uh, I went to the University of Illinois uh 2016 to uh, 2020. And uh, while I was there, I worked for the uh, newspaper, the Daily Illini, and I had a radio show, uh, most of which was focused on Illinois basketball. And so uh, ever since then, I've loved the team. Uh, currently, I'm writing for Armchair Illini uh, at armchairillini.com. And uh, yeah, I'm here to break down prospects. It's been a it's been a fun five days for Illinois fans. You know, we Yeah, to- it's a busy five days, if nothing else, for yeah. sure. It, Ever since that Michigan win, it feels like things are coming, you know, hot and heavy with the with news on and off the court, and now a big time commitment. Exactly right. We kicked it off with uh, the Mi- Michigan victory. Then we had uh, two football commits. Uh, we kicked off our 2025 class in football, which is you mm-hmm. know always fun. We brought in another defensive lineman, Briggs, um, which you know I think was a really good uh, pickup for our defensive line. Then, of course, we have the bombshell with the Terrence Shannon, you know, uh, junior news coming back. You know, mm-hmm. and, uh, see, he uplifted the spirits of uh, a lot of the fan base. You know, our, our we're, you see the whispers of Final Four being uh, mentioned again. So we'll see. It's a lot easier to visualize that after that Rutgers game, for sure. Exactly. That, that's what just happened earlier. Uh, you know, we had the Rutgers game. And now the final domino that we're waiting to drop was Jeremiah Fears. Uh Six foot three guard. Um, you know, I'm not. I don't watch much high school. I've been following Fears' story. Uh, you know, I'd all start with his brother, actually, which I'm sure mm-hmm. we're going to get into. But for now, just tell me, tell me who we're getting in Jeremiah Fears. Yeah, so uh, Jeremiah Fears is a very talented young player, as uh, most of the guards that we look at nowadays, with the success that we've had recently, not just at the guard position, but overall as a program. Um, you know, as you said, this guy's in the 30s overall ranking wise. And back when, you know, Brad Underwood first came on, getting a guy in that level was like, you know, the biggest deal ever. You know, when we got Io, he was in that, you know, 30 range. And that was like, you know, oh my God, the savior's here kind of thing. Whereas, you know, it feels like this one's kind of uh, running a little bit under the radar just because, you know, at this point we're used to getting guys of his caliber, but that's not to downplay the player that he is. Um, He's a very talented scorer, very technically solid player, great handle on both hands. You can pass with either hand. He gets to the lane. Um, Score-minded player for sure. Um, It's funny, you know, you brought up his brother. His brother is uh, two years older than him, and uh, he's very much like the pure point guard of the two. It's kind of funny because, you know, the younger brother's the scorer, the older brother's the playmaker. You can see how that probably played out on many a playground growing up, so... I think I think it's a big time pickup. You know, this is a player who hopefully is going to be, you know, if not a day one contributor, you know, it's hard to forecast too far into the future nowadays in college basketball, especially with how we utilize the portal. But, you know, there's a player who's going to come in and he's going to be a big part of the program probably from day one. As I mentioned, uh, you know, I first heard about Jeremiah when Illinois was actually recruiting his older brother. Yeah. Jeremy and. From what I've been told, and it's I think become almost general knowledge now, is Jeremy was almost pretty much ready to 
commit to the Illini. And then for yep. whatever reasons, maybe you can elaborate, you know, we decided to go in a different direction. Uh, yep. What happened there? Let's just start there. Yeah. So if you remember, he, that was going to happen the um, winter of the Kofi Big Ten Championship year, the year when it was just Kofi, no Io. Um, I, I remember he was at the game when they played uh, Notre Dame in the uh, Big East or Big Ten ACC champ or uh, Big Ten ECC Challenge game. Um, and I remember them winning that game. And then I remember there being a crystal ball for Jeremy Fears to Illinois like that that same night. And I was like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> everything's going, everything's coming up to Illinois right now. Um, and then you know, eventually it turned out that uh, he was going to commit. I want to say around the same time that uh, Jeremiah just committed, like early January. And then uh, he ended up delaying, pushing that back. And then at that point, it kind of became like, okay, well, if he's not going to commit now, then is he going to commit at all? And then at that point, it became clear there there was something wrong between you know there was, it wasn't going to happen. And uh, I it, you know the rumor was at the time you know they had um, Curbelo was on the roster still. You were still hoping that he was going to be a big part of your future. Um, I, I can't remember if Ty Rogers was committed at that point, but that would they would have been recruiting the class of 2022 at that time. Um, and so the end of the other thing was that they had an idea that Sky Clark was going to uh, decommit from Kentucky. And so basically they ended up uh, looking at the guys that they had and that they felt that they had, you know, and they just said, we have a, we have a lot of guards. Um, we have a lot of guys who are going to kind of want the ball in their hands. Not, not so much Ty, but you know, Ty's not much of a shooter. And that was the other thing about Jeremy coming out of high school is that, you know, like I said, he was very much like the pure point guard playmaker. And so, uh, but not, not as much the shooter. And so when you're playing, um, you know, Ty on the floor, possibly Curbelo on the floor, then you needed, you know, more shooting guard, like guys who could shoot versus guys who are more playmakers. And so obviously they had a very wild 12 months as far as personnel turnover went. Um, and so it ended up looking pretty bad at the, at the end of things, because I think Jeremy is going to be a good player. And I, w- I, I would like him to be at Illinois. I'd, I'd like a lot of players to be at Illinois, but uh, um so yeah, that, that was a very interesting series. And of course he ends up, you know, right down the street at Michigan State. And so we're gonna have to see him. And now we're gonna get to see the two of them go out, the, the two of brothers go at it, which is a lot of fun, even though I think I would have liked it better if they were both here at Illinois. If you had to pick between the two brothers, who do you think has a higher college ceiling? And do either of them have any pro potential? Yeah, that's a great question because I think as I kind of brought up, they have two very different play styles and uh I think that Jeremy's play style lends itself very well to the college game. And, you know, uh, if anyone who's been following uh, Big Ten News, you know, he had that really terrible uh, gunshot accident over the Christmas break. And so that's ended his or at least it's it seems to have ended his season this year. And so uh, well, and we'll see how that impacts his game in the future. But I think I, I think, you know, off the bat, I would have said that he would have had the better college career just because he's not the biggest guy. He's like six foot one. And if you just look at the way that the NBA game is going, there's not many like pure six one point guards that are having, you know, big long runs in the league. Like, you know, Jalen Brunson's like, you know, one of the only guys of that size who's really, you know, able to dominate games. And so uh, he, he, he might be able to make a roster and have like a good run, especially if he's able to recover from this gunshot thing, because I think he is a very good he's an NBA level athlete, I think, for that size. And I think he's an NBA level, you know, ball handler and passer, but the jump shot's going to have to come a long way. And he's just a small guy. It's, it's just is what it is. And that's the big difference between him and Jeremiah is that Jeremiah is like six, three. He's a he's a lot more score minded, which, you know, kind of fits in a little bit more with kind of what the pro people want at, at the guard spot nowadays. It feels like, um, 
And uh, I think that the other thing about Jeremiah is that he's been playing up for a long, long time. Like he's been playing with his brother, like varsity basketball, 17U basketball in high school. And so I think he's used to uh, playing against bigger, older players. And so I think that could make him more ready for the jump to the NBA sooner than Jeremy, than Jeremy will be. Now, when your big brother's ready to commit to a school and then all of a sudden that school, you know, kind of tells the, him and the family that they're going to go in a different direction. Yeah, yeah. You would kind of automatically assume that little brother would, you know, cross you off the list or if nothing else, just kind of, you know, carry you along. Mm -hmm. but yeah. Alternative plans. Obviously, that didn't happen in this case. And do you have any idea why? Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's very natural to have that uh, reaction. Um, I think if that were me, I probably would have the same reaction. Um, if, if, you know, a, a family member of mine got, you know, kind of moved off of like that. But I think at the end of the day for Illinois, the proof's in the pudding. Um, we've had insane production from our guard positions over the last couple of years. Um, and so when we go and tell these, these kids, you know, you can come and put up numbers here, then, you know, you look at the, you look at the numbers and we have guys putting up numbers, you know, look at the mask. He's come in, from Southern Illinois. And if, you know, De Shannon didn't come back, he probably would have ended up on one of the all-conference teams. We had Plummer come up, come from Utah, be on the all-conference team. Trent Frazier, obviously we developed from, you know, a hundred plus recruit to uh, an all-conference team. Um, so like I said, you know, the proof's just kind of in the pudding. Um, even when we lose talented players like Jaden Epps and Sky Clark, who I still think are good players, Brandon Pajimski obviously is a very good player. You know, we don't have, like we, we go ahead and guys will still put up their numbers. It, it, it's kind of, uh, you know, everyone who comes here eats. And so when you do have that kind of, you know, resume and the Carfax check out, it's easier for you to go to a situation where there was something like what happened with the older brother and, you know, still say, Hey, we're going to have a lot of guard opportunity here in the next couple of years. Um, if you want a piece of this pie, then door's still open. Yeah. From what I've been told, uh, the dad in the family really has bought into Brad Underwood's, uh, you know, message, the program. He really trusts Brad. Um, obviously, you know, they couldn't have been too happy with what happened with uh, big brother, but they also kind of understand, you know, from a big, you know, from the big picture that, you know, uh, Jeremy's recruitment has to be about Jeremy and yep. not, or sorry, Jeremiah's has to be about uh, yeah. Jeremiah and not Jeremy's. Yep. You're exactly right. Um, uh, go ahead. Yeah. So with the Underwood thing, you know, I think that one of the things that stands out about both of the brothers is they're both very competitive. And I think that, you know, you can see where that fits in with Brad Underwood's style or, you know, I, I can't say for sure because you, know, you never know until they get there, but I think they're the kind of kids who can, you know, take the yelling, they can take, you know, the, 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 of the, both sides of the Underwood sword because, um, you know, they're here to win and they're here to compete and they're here to get better. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, uh, no matter what you think about Underwood's yelling, I think that it does show that, you know, he's engaged and he wants to, when he's yelling at you, he wants you to get better. He's not doing it to like show you up. If he didn't care, he wouldn't yell at you. And so I think that those are kids that are going to, you know, both of them would have, I think, responded well, you know, Jeremy went to go play for Tom Izzo. That's not exactly going to, you know, play for, play for your grandma as far as getting yelled at. And so, uh, I think they're both kids who, you know, buy into that style. And I think that, you know, hopefully we won't have any, you know, issues about him wanting to leave. And I also think them, he's, I remember them saying that playing close to home was a big deal for them as well. And I think that's another reason why you're able to overlook, you know, the thing that happened with Jeremy. Yeah, hopefully is a key word there because I thought Jaden Epps was going to be a dog, you know, one of yep. those Underwood grindy guys. Yeah. Uh, obviously that turned out not to be the case. But uh, 
so obviously there was some talk about Jerem, uh, Jeremy, Jeremiah, well, I keep confusing the two, Jeremiah possibly reclassing to the 2024 uh, class. Do you have any word on that? Uh, the last thing that I had heard was that he wasn't going to do it. Now I haven't asked all that recently since since the uh, you know the the buzz really started to heat up again. That was I, I want to say the last time I, I asked was probably like a month or two ago um, because there was starting to be some smoke that he was going to uh, that he was going to come to Illinois. Um, if I think it's a good decision for him not to to reclassify if he doesn't. Um, I think that. The, pay, the spacing of the classes works out better with him in 2025 because I think the, I think uh, in the perfect world you keep DGL this offseason and then um, having another very scoring-minded guard like uh, Fears coming in I think would create a little profile overlap that they don't need to have happen because I think that Jace Butler in their 2024 class, the guard that they have committed, um, is playable with any kind of profile at all on the perimeter. Um, he's much more of like a... Uh, auxiliary secondary creator versus uh the primary you know scoring options of hopefully you know dgl in a year or two and uh fears when he when he comes on board so i think that another year in high school will do him well physically as well he's a pretty slender guy and i think that that hurts him at times on defense and rebounding and so in the big 10 if you're going to come in and be you know there i think you know the plan is for him to be you know a, a day one contributor you need to be physically ready for that and so i think another year at one of those you know he plays for uh, az compass which is one of those you know prep schools uh i don't know how much homework he's doing but uh I, i'd hope he's had spending a lot of time in the gym uh because i think that's you know mostly the purpose of those things and so uh i think that another year in high school would do him uh, very well yeah i think we kind of see uh see it firsthand even with like someone like amani hansbury you know a big mm -hmm. guy um the big 10 is just a tough tough physical league you know yeah hansbury right now he knows he really i mean he's big enough but he right now he can only he knows he needs to focus on rebounding and just yep. being in the right spot yep. when it comes to defensively. I think when you're six foot three, 170 pounds, and you're 17 years old, it's just going to be it's it's tough to walk into a league like the Big Ten where everyone's going to be bigger, faster, mm -hmm. stronger than you, older, older, and expect to be day one starter or anything like yeah. that. I think you know as you kind of mentioned, uh, another year of development, another year of growing. Uh, is it's beneficial for both parties involved. So I've actually heard the same thing that he's going to kind of, he's going to stick to 2025. And I do hope that's going to be the case. I just think, as you said, you know, with the incoming class, which we'll talk about next in 2024, it'll balance itself out a little bit more and it'll, it's best for Jeremiah just to be able to, you know, grow a little bit to kind of handle that big 10 uh, physicality. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, while we're talking about it anyway, the 2024 class, you know, uh, Moraz Johnson, uh, a couple nights ago, he was the star of Twitter. Everyone was sharing his uh, highlights at the at things called like the Bennett Showdown or something like that. Yeah, probably. I think they have a uh, local Illinois something or other high school get together. Now, I have a couple of contacts uh, who play uh, in the same league as Murez does, and they've mm -hmm. been hyping this guy out for years. And, you know, yeah. even when we're talking about, you know, James Brown coming here, they're like, no, yeah. no Morez is the guy you want. Morez yeah. is the guy you want. Again, you're, you're you know, the high school guy. Tell, tell me, most importantly, even secondary, whoever, whoever's watching this, <laughs> yep. whoever's watching this uh, what kind of player are we getting next year? 
Yeah, I mean, he's the, the gem of the class, and he's one of those guys who, you know, you look at him and he fill, he checks a lot of boxes as far as program cornerstones, and it's kind of easy to throw that term around, especially for, you know, a kid who's been committed for so long. But I, I do think that he does fill that, you know, that 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 box because he's just uh, – he's a, he's a leader. And I think that's – as when you're talking about a guy who's in, you know, the top 50, to say that that's his best attribute I think is very impressive because a lot of kids that age are very talented. Um, I think that there's a lot of kids that age who can do so a lot of the stuff that he can do, but I don't think there's a lot of kids his age that have the maturity, the mentality, and the drive that he does on the court. Um, he's just a guy who is going to refuse to let us get like physically beaten. He's a guy who's going to crash the glass. He's going to protect the rim. He's going to switch out on the perimeter. He's going to be able to fill in gaps on both ends of the floor. Uh, I think he's an underrated. He's, he's shown a lot of growth as a perimeter player as far as his jump shot. I think that uh, – there's always uh, not like a big like f- technical issue with it. Like it always looked like a good looking jump shot. And I think that he's continued to show growth in that. Um, he's a guy who, like I said, is he's going to be Big Ten ready day one as far as his body goes. He looks like a, a Big Ten player in high school right now. Um, he's playing for Thornton High School, which is where uh, Ty Rogers played his senior year of high school under Ty Streets, who's the uh, – program director, I think, or he's at least the 17 News head coach at Mean Streets Chicago, which is a program that we've been recruiting pretty heavily from ever since Tim Anderson uh, arrived on, on campus. And so uh, I just think that this is a guy that they they profiled very early as a good player. Um, I think that they, they absolutely nailed it because he's only gone up in the rankings. He's a guy who's continued to rise every year in high school and get better and better. And you can see it on the film, too. It's not just the ranking that's going up. It's not just the numbers that are going up. He was when when he first committed, I don't think like his highlight reels, he didn't touch the ball with his left hand. Now you see him doing spin moves to his left hand, finishing Euro steps around the basket with his left hand. Um, And like I said, the improved the improvement on the jump shot. And so I think that he's a very special player. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how long he actually does stay at Illinois, because I think that he's physically very impressive. I'll be interested to see how quickly that translates to the next level, because I think even for a guy like him who's played at a high level, he played. I think he was first team all EYBL, uh, which is like the Nike circuit, uh, which is considered the top level AAU circuit in the country. Um, And that was with a team that didn't have a lot of talent. So I think that he has uh, the ability to contribute day one. And he could be, I could, I could, there could very easily be a world where he's a one and done type player. I think that if for Illinois sake, you hope that he isn't almost just because, you know, he having him around for a lot, as long as possible is, is good. As we can see, you know, with Terrence Shannon and Coleman Hawkins, anytime you can get those, you know, borderline NBA kind of guys back, you know, you can really build good teams uh, in a hurry. And so, uh, yeah, I think that'll be very interesting to see because I think there's a, I can see it going either way. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to, again, a lot of my close contacts uh, in the high school industry are telling me that he's going to be, he's going to go down as one of my favorite uh, Illini. Yeah, the fans are going to love this kid. He is an absolute warrior. Now, he's got a couple other guys coming uh, in the recruiting class with him. Uh, How about you tell us a little bit about them? Yeah, so uh, after Morez, the second guy was uh, Jason Jackstis, who is another uh, Illinois kid. I, I don't know if I mentioned, I think I said he went to Thornton, but Thornton's in Chicago. So Johnson's been in Chicago his whole life, or basically um, his whole high school career. Jackstis is another Illinois guy. He goes to Yorkville High School. Um, he is an interesting profile because he is, I, I believe the plan is for him to redshirt. Uh, he, rem- he reminds me just like if you want to put the most like, you know, easiest basic comp out there. He's kind of like a similar 
high school uh, style of Coleman Hawkins. He's like a 6'10", 6'11", perimeter big who needs to do a lot of work on his body. He's very skinny, but he plays on the perimeter. He shows a lot of the same stuff that Coleman did in high school. He can play facing the basket. He can make passes high-low. He can make passes to cutters. He can make jump shots. He can play a little bit in transition. He's good enough on defense, even with, you know, his physical limitations um, due to his, you know, lack of uh, physical development. Um, I think that he had uh, when they played um, Phoenix Gill, who's Kendall Gill's son, who was at the game uh, last night. They played his high school team and he had like seven blocks in that game. So he has some ability on that end. and so I think that he's a guy that they're going to look to kind of, you know, stash a little bit. Uh, it sounds like, like I said, they're, they've agreed. Uh, both parties are okay with the red shirt, which I think is great. I think that that's something that is really underutilized in today's college game. Uh, you know, we have Sincere Harris red shirting. We'll see if that ends up with him transferring. But if he's back, I think it'll be a huge boost to Illinois that he did that he red shirted this year. Um, and so... Like I said, he's he, he he's kind of he's not going to be a guy that's going to contribute next year. He's probably not going to, or he's definitely not going to contribute next year. He's going to be redshirting. He's probably not going to contribute the year after that because we're going to have Amani still, and probably Morez, and probably Ty still, and you know probably another guy from the portal. But the, the two years after that, you know, kind of the junior senior year, kind of like Coleman did, where he didn't really ever you know find his place as a thirty minute per game player until his junior year. Um, I think that that seems to be kind of the plan for him, and I think that he can do that. I think he's got some talent. I think he's, you know, he's higher ranked than Coleman was when he was coming out of high school. And, you know, I think that if nothing else, we've really done a good job of identifying talented big men. Um, and so I think that that's even the, the the guys we've gotten in, you know, kind of the rough areas uh, have turned out to be pretty productive. And so I think that he'll be another one of those guys. It's funny, like, you know, I'm checking it right now, right? His rating nationally mm-hmm. is ranked 110. A few yeah. years ago, we would have been – so exciting. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm he saying. Like the gem he, of the class. He's kind of a funny looking kid because he's, you know, like this gangly white guy with kind of droopy blonde hair. But he's like a pretty real prospect. Like there's some teams in the Big Ten that would be very happy to have that guy. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And then uh, speaking of guys that we're going to be happy to have, uh, the more I see video of Jace Butler, the more I'm really liking him and thinking yeah. that uh, we may – the staff had really did their work and got a guy who's – under the radar, but who by yeah. the time signing day comes, uh, it's going to be a lot higher in the rankings. I think I see him right now nationally 162. seems a little low to me, but uh, tell me a little bit about Jace. Yeah, um, I think you're absolutely spot on. This is a Chester Frazier special. Um, he got in the lab and he found this kid in, uh, in California. He goes to Branson High School in California, which is a small uh, private high school. Um and he's just like, like I said, uh, or like you said, he's like in the one sixties right now, if he doesn't end up in the top hundred by the uh, end of his time in high school, I'd be very surprised. I've heard a lot of buzz that he's going to move, make, take a huge jump in the next 24 seven rankings. And it's because of the stuff that he's doing on the court. Um, his kind of breakout where Illinois offered him was the sectional seven or section seven tournament. They have it in that. Uh, it's funny. It's this basketball event. They do it in the Arizona Cardinals stadium. And so they're playing in that big, you know, you know, cavernous arena. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's a super huge place. And uh, he he played really well there. And he showed uh, a lot of ability as a kind of big guard creator. He's about six foot four. He's a broad dude. He's got a big shoulders, big torso. Um, he's really able to utilize that to get to his spots. He's a three level score. He gets to his shot at uh, in the mid range very well, both floaters, pull ups. And then that allows him to, you know, do little hesitation moves in that mid-range area to get to the basket because he's not the most explosive athlete. Um, 
So he has to use that craft to get to the basket. But once he does get into his spots, he's very strong. He's very on balance. He knows how to score. Um, and then I think he also has very good vision, um, especially for a six foot four player. You're going to have very good court vision because you can see over over things, kind of like you know, a bigger quarterback. Um, and then I think the best thing about Jace, honestly, is that guy will be able to play with any single player that we recruit, both in the portal or in high school. He's just a very talented player, very skilled. He can play on the ball, off the ball. In high school, for his high school team, Branson, he basically plays like power forward um, because he's like the second tallest player on their team. Goes to show, you know, the, the kind of the kind of uh, how small that school is. But you know, again, another guy who played like that, and this is a comp that I had ever since I first watched him. And I, it's gonna, it's funny because it's Pajimski. He's he played for a super small school. He played basically like power forward against a bunch of like five foot tall white kids. And, you know, it was you could, it was pretty easy to look at the guy's production and say, OK, well, look at who he's playing. Like, come on. But then, you know, he turns out to be a NBA draft pick and then a, a day one rotation player in the NBA. And so uh, if he is that good, that would be insane, because, like I said, that's an NBA player. That'd be that's a very high probably, you know, high percentage outcome of what, what, what might happen. But um or high percentile uh, outcome of what might happen. But, you know, I think he has that level of talent. And I think the big thing with Pajimski was he was, Pajimski was recruited by Chin Coleman. And so when Chin Coleman left and then they kind of moved on to the other guard, like the, the new staff wanted their own guys. And so they went and got Epps and Clark. And so this is a guy who's going to be recruited by Chester. He's going to be here to play for the staff. That's going to be here when he's here. And so I think if he doesn't, contribute day one which i still think he can because he like i said he's a big kid and he's very talented and skilled um so he can he can fit in with you know just about anyone that we have but uh i think that uh if he doesn't play right away there won't be a, a problem with him you know demanding a starting spot or leaving like he'll be in for the, the long haul all right brian i will wrap it up with one more question obviously the big news of the Always. day today was the jeremiah fierce commitment who do you think – who else is on the radar now? Who, who are we going to kind of shift our attention towards who might be the next commit? Yeah, it's funny because there really isn't a lot of buzz. Like, Fears is the only guy that they have that's super, like, hot right now. I think that the the nature of the way that they've built this team is that there's going to be a lot of turnover next offseason because of just how many old guys they have. Like, Harmon's going to be out of eligibility. Shannon's out of eligibility. I think Hawkins has his COVID year, but he's – I. I he shouldn't come back if he continues to play like he is. He's going to be an NBA draft pick. I agree. Damask is out of eligibility. Gary is out of eligibility. So they're going to, I think that they're going to prioritize the portal because they're going to want to compete again next year. And they're going to, and they have a lot of pieces, you know, hopefully coming back. You're, you're going to be, have Ty coming back. Hopefully you're going to have DGL coming back. Hopefully you're going to have Amani coming back, possibly sincere. Uh, hopefully, you know, Luke Goody will be back. I can almost guarantee you that. Um, and so, they're not. They're, they're probably done for 2024. I would guess. I I think that they're pretty settled there. Um, I think that Merez and Jace could both come in, and Merez especially can come in and play a role. Um, if not starting, then you know probably 15, 20 minutes off the bench day one, and then Jace can probably play. You know, spot minutes, or you know maybe he becomes something more and becomes a rotational player. When I wouldn't rule it out, but uh, I think they're done for 2024. 2025 is going to be interesting. If Jeremiah Fears stays in there, uh, they're going to have to kind of build around uh, him in that class. Um, I think that it would be nice if they were able to get uh, a wing at some point. I think that that's kind of the one thing that they're missing. They've got uh, 
Butler and Fears, who are going to be good guards. They've got DGL kind of in the uh, in the cooker right now. Currently, they've got Sincere kind of in the cooker currently. Um, and then they've got Jextus, uh, Hansbury, Johnson, and Johnson, and hopefully Danger if he comes back. I, I'm holding my breath on that one, but uh, uh, they've got a lot of good bigs in the port in the in the pipeline. Uh, but they don't have a ton of wings. Uh, Goody and Ty are kind of the only guys I consider that are like wing type players that that they, ha- that they have right now. So uh, if I were them, and I, I don't know, uh, I couldn't tell you exactly how hard that they're looking. I know that they're looking for shooters uh, eventually in one of these classes, but I think they're going to look for a wing at some point, either in the portal or in the uh, prep. Thank you so much again for your time today, Brian. Uh, if you of don't course. Mind, uh, let our viewers know where they can find you. Yeah. So you can find me at armchairline.com. Um, I'm writing basketball articles pretty consistently. Um, at the time this releases, there'll probably be a uh, prospect preview up for us um, on armchair line by me uh, for Jeremiah. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at by down there thank you and thank you guys for watching if you don't mind on your way out just hit that subscribe button hit that like button uh youtube doesn't pay attention to a channel until it's uh, at a thousand subscribers so you could really help us out uh again the exciting news for today jeremiah fierce commits to the beloved uh the fighting illini and uh next up we have with sorry northwestern i believe it's on wednesday night so we'll have a game preview Uh, ready for you uh, in the next day or two. Uh, For now, take care.